Hello, this is FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the Dot Esports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ahmad Khan of CNET. ESL Pro League Season 16 concluded over the weekend. The finals, which were between French organization Team Vitality and US-based Team Liquid, was a fraught battle, with two games going into overtime. Joining me to talk ESL Pro League is Dot Esports freelance reporter Matthias Meter. Matthias, thank you so much for returning to the show. Thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. So, Matthias, there were three games that took place on Sunday, Cloud9 versus Liquid, G2 versus Vitality, and Liquid versus Vitality. Of these three sets, which was the most exciting to you? Um, anyone who has followed the latest season of ESL Pro League uh, should say, in my opinion, that the final between Liquid and Vitality was the, like the most exciting game mm-hmm. uh, this season, mostly because it was a best-of-five series, and usually in best-of-five series there are like games that are mostly one-sided. In this one, two, two, two first games, one on Inferno and the second one on uh, on uh, Dust2, they were pretty one-sided, but other than that, like the remaining three series, as you mentioned, two of them uh, uh, went to overtime. And yeah, there's there's no denying. Zaiwu posted like recording uh, record-breaking numbers. Uh, there were like many individual outstanding perform- performances from Nafex, for example. He was clutching a lot of... Or OC, uh, for example, he stepped up and brought a superstar upper to Liquid. Um, Magisk and Spinks were also playing incredibly well. So yeah, there were a lot of like standout solo performance performances this final. And uh, for a neutral viewer especially, it was a great uh, game to follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, over at Vitality, Matthew Zaiwu Erbo, who is the team's opera, had a really great performance. As you said earlier, broke some records. In one game, he got 51 kills. In Or not in one series, I guess. He got 51 kills over 46 rounds. But he also faltered a lot. What do you make of his kind of up and down trajectory throughout uh, the finals? Uh, it's it's tough to say that he faltered a lot, in, in my opinion. He broke uh, also the all-time record for most kills in a single series uh, in mm-hmm. CSGO with uh, 143 kills. Uh, according to HLTV, uh, it's it's important to understand that Zaivu's a sniper, and snipers usually have certain ro- roles and positions assigned to them, especially on maps uh, like Inferno or Mirage or Dust2, uh, which were played this series. So, uh, from my understanding of the final, he often, especially in the first two games where he didn't top the scoreboard for, vital- for vitality, he often wasn't in position where Liquid uh, were, were focused. And uh, yeah, one of those maps was uh, won 16 to 7 by Liquid, and the second one was uh, lost 16 to 7 by Vitality. So there was there, they weren't as even as one could expect, and I guess that's why Zayu's stats on those maps don't look as eye watering as they uh, look on the other ones. But overall, um, there is no denying that Zayu brought a true superstar performance that uh, once again proved that he's one of the key players and probably the front runner for the top three of 2022 once again. It was interesting seeing Liquid make it to the Grand Finals because North America has struggled in CSGO in the past, especially uh, during the pandemic. This is quite a, kind of a really great return to form for North America. Uh, what do you make of Liquid's return and what it means for CSGO and NA at the moment? Um, for me, uh for me especially it's really nice to see uh first of all I'm a, I'm a great liquid fan because it's the first organization that brought me into esports so watching the run at ESL Pro League uh was really like whole, uh, heartwarming uh for me 
Mm-hmm. But furthermore, like uh, this is Liquid with Yekindar, who was brought in uh, a few months ago as a stand-in. And mm-hmm. he still hasn't been signed as a full-time member of the team, but from the interviews I've seen, he's, their organization is getting closer and closer to signing him for a, as a full-time player. So mm-hmm. I guess that, that's just a matter of time. But uh, he, it's, I guess it's his fourth and, or five, fifth uh, tournament as a Liquid player. And from uh, what I've seen, like Elish or Nitro or even Yekindara himself, they talked a lot in uh, many interviews that once Yekindar came in, he he kind of brought in uh, European uh, play style of Counter Strike, and they changed a lot of uh, things. They usually they basically like scraped everything and started building from the from laying out new foundations. And at first, I was a bit scared because I didn't know how it would work out in Liquid, but it seems like it's working perfectly. Honestly, like. They run at ESL Pro League season 16. They, they, they're they the first team, the first North American team since 2019 Steam Liquid uh, to break into top three of HLTV's rankings. Uh, they've managed to go for a deep run and go all the way to the final at uh, uh, such an important event. So they've been reaching new heights. And for a North American scene that has been in a really tough spot, especially because of COVID and how no one wants to play in NA, basically. Yeah, it's a big thing because it's, it proves that North American players, when given time and tools, they can basically fight for the biggest trophies in the game. And that must be a big glimmer of hope for the community and the North American viewers. Mm-hmm. You know, ESL Pro League, the uh, season 16, the, the finals took place at the Selenia Resort in Naxar, which is in Malta, right? So I assume yeah. that uh, this tournament was not cheap, especially with the price pool of $835,000. So... What was viewership like for for at least this final day, and especially the grand finals? I mean, I know it got late to the night, but were people still tuning in? Uh, yeah, I mean, when you talk ESL Pro League, it's uh, pivotal to remember that this tournament has a pretty... Like ESL Pro League season uh, 16 and like all the previous seasons have a different... Uh, oh, the format. The format for ESL Pro League season mm-hmm. 16 uh, is pretty different to most other tournaments. It's like it takes place through, throughout five weeks. So you gotta uh, first of all like uh, underline that it's hard to follow all all five weeks of action, especially since in the group stages, like not not all games in group stage are interesting, mm-hmm. and that and the v- average viewership uh, for that uh, reason takes a hit, I guess. Uh, all in all, like it, di- it it didn't negatively stand out from the other tournaments. It's got nice statistics, I'd say, like. According to esports charts, the tournament got uh, over 500,000 peak viewers mm. and, had, and had average viewers of 160,000. And it accumulated almost 40 million hours watched. And especially the hours watched, it like shows that uh, there are a lot, still a lot of like concentrated and uh, concentrated CS viewers that watch all the important tournaments in the game. And mm-hmm. that's uh, that, that that's an example that the viewers fan base uh, of the game it, it's not dropping, mm-hmm. so it's a good sign for the game. Of course, everyone's comparing CS:GO with the the new kid on the block, Valorant, and uh, mm-hmm. what, the last Valorant major. If we were to compare the numbers, um, I mean, how were let's say peak viewership at Val at the Valorant major versus uh, Pro League seventeen or sixteen? Yeah, like uh, the Valorant Champions twenty twenty two. According to esports charts, it got uh, 
one uh, one and a half million peak viewers with <laughs> 500,000 uh, average viewers. But I'd say that if you want to compare Kansas Strike to Valorant, you cannot like compare ESL Pro League because mm. this tournament is more like a league to say rather than mm. one standout tournament that takes place throughout a few weeks. Mm -hmm. So I, I'd compare Valorant Champions 2022 to other like pivotal tournaments in CSGO ecosystem this year, for example, like IEM Cologne. Uh, mm -hmm. I am Cologne got one 1.25 uh, peak million peak viewers. Uh, the final game between FaceClan and Navi, and it took place in July this mm -hmm. year. And for ex yeah, the most important tournaments in CS:GO circuit are the majors. This year we had one major, PJL Major Antwerp in May, and it had 2.1 million peak viewers. Uh, the final game between Face and Navi, average viewers was, were also almost 600,000. And it accumulated almost 70 million hours watched. So compared to Valorant Champions, 1.5 peak viewers, million peak viewers, and five, more than 500,000 average viewers, and 60 million hours watched, I'd say that CSGO is doing pretty well. And furthermore, I'd say that uh, with the introduction of uh, franchising to Valorant, uh, a few organizations will probably look to CSGO, uh, since they didn't get a spot in Riot, uh, Riot's franchising. And I guess that, right. especially TSM, uh, is one of the organizations that announced today that they will be looking to re-enter CSGO with a European roster. And they didn't get a slot in uh, Riot's franchising in Valorant. So I guess that uh, since Riot is once again introducing uh, franchising to their uh, esports ecosystem, the CSGO will get let's say, a second shot at boosting its viewership. Mm -hmm. And what else can we expect from CSGO throughout the rest of the year? Well, as I mentioned, the majors are the most important tournaments in the circuit, and they always accumulate a lot of viewers and have a lot of great stories. And this month, by the end of October, EM, IEM CSGO major in Rio de Janeiro begins. And furthermore, uh, it's it's uh, it's important to underline that Brazilian viewers are like the most hardcore ones, the most passionate ones in CS:GO, mm -hmm. and I'd say in in most esports from what I've seen. So this event is going to be special because of the atmosphere. From mm -hmm. what I reckon, like uh, IEM ESL is doing like outside zones in the in the city to for the people to come in and. Spectate, spectate the game live with other friends and other people, not because the arena sold out like almost immediately. So, uh, because of that and because of such a fan interest and such a great atmosphere, I guess I expect the IEM CS:GO major uh, in Rio to break the record set this year. Well, we also know that in Brazil there's a another round of elections going on between Bolsonaro and uh, uh, Lula. Uh, it's, yeah. It does seem. That what it's going to a runoff, if if, if I read the headline correct this morning. Um, but regardless of what happens, it, it it's looking that um, uh, Bolsonaro is uh, willing to say the election was a fraud if he doesn't end up winning, uh, and if that happens, there could be unrest in the country. Uh, if 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 that does happen, do you think that would collide with uh, I am Rio de Janeiro? Um, that's an interesting question. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to answer the question, actually. I haven't thought about it, but uh, as we've seen in the past, political unrest and like, uh, yeah, political unrest basically 
uh, they always almost mean negative things for the for not only esports but sports overall and entertainment. I I'm hopeful that it won't interrupt any of the major. Uh, but yeah, looking at how the things have been in Brazil, it's a possibility, I guess. Well, the election's happening later this month, so I guess we'll have to pay attention to the election yeah. as well as to the CSGO scene. But with that, Mateus, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Uh, once again, thank you for having me, and I'm hoping to be back uh, pretty soon. <laughs> and that was FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the Dot .esports podcast network. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and share. To follow Mateus and keep up to date on CSGO, you can find Matt Meter Mateus on Twitter. That's M-I-T-E-R-M-A-T-E-U-S-Z. To follow me and my work over at CNET, you can find me at Imad on Twitter. And with that, we'll catch you guys next week.